This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Right now, though, a bit of a crash course, and we keep hearing about it. And to be honest, I wanted to learn more about it, too. Um... You know, we talk about electric vehicles, and we know it, like it or not, they're on the way. That's happening, okay? You'll um, see more and more of them on the streets. I do. I see them all the time on streets and highways. In fact, here in Canada, if things go um, as mandated now, and that's an if, I understand that, but um, the way it's laid out now, you won't be able to buy a new vehicle that isn't electric in this country starting in 2035, okay? You have to be all electric by 2035. Used vehicles and all that stuff, different. But new vehicles have to be electric by 2035. And Canada, believe it or not, is by no means a leader in this area. Not even close, really. Many other countries are much farther ahead of Canada, of us, when it comes to electrification. Norway, in 2021, 86% of the vehicles sold in Norway two years ago were electric. So there's a lot of countries that are much farther down this road than we are. Iceland is up there, a bunch of European countries. Um, now, to gr- meet the growing demand for vehicles that's already there and has been around for a while, we keep hearing about lithium, right? We need that. Lithium is part of what goes into the batteries in these cars. Elon Musk has called it the new oil. Um, so while well, Canada and Alberta have been global powerhouses in fossil fuels, and we all know that, where do we stack up in this new energy race with this new emerging, the new oil? If you want to listen to Elon Musk... Where do we fit into that conversation? We're going to chat with Craig Johnson, who is a professor of political science at the University of Guelph that can answer some of these questions for us. Craig, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So when we take a look at lithium, and basically we're talking about an element that has to be mined. Uh, we, we might be familiar with other things that are mined, but that's essentially what we're talking about here is getting lithium out of the ground, right? Yep, yep, that's correct. Um, now, once it's mined, do you know in terms of the science? It has. Is it? There's a process that goes on. I mean, how does how does it go from the ground to the batteries that we hear so much about? Well, I guess the first thing to point out is that there's two main ways of extracting lithium um, that are the most commercially viable right now. Uh, the first is out of the ground. It's uh, rock mining, um, as you would be mining nickel or, or copper sure. or, or cobalt. Um, and that that is by far the, the the most productive form of lithium extraction uh, in Australia, which is, is the largest producer of lithium. Uh, the second main kind of extraction, though, is is brine extraction, and uh, that's more common in, in South America. So Chile is the, the second largest producer in the world, uh, and Argentina is is rapidly trying to to catch up with it. Um, but basically, the the, the two ways of extracting lithium are, are, are very different. Um, uh, with with uh, spodumene or, or rock mining, um, uh, it entails uh, a fair degree of processing to produce something called lithium hydroxide, which then forms the, the component of the, of the batteries that are used in, in electric vehicles. Um, tends to be uh, less time-consuming than uh, the, the, the brine variety, which uh, can take much longer, and there are more risks associated with uh, geological conditions, but also atmospheric conditions. If, if for instance, uh, the brine that's being extracted is, is too acidic or 
if there isn't enough sunshine for evaporation to occur, um, uh, it can take much longer and there can be more risk, I think, for, uh, for lithium extraction companies. Okay, so the, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, we've heard a lot about that—the environmental impact. It's not without environmental impact. That, that's definitely part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there's a lot of um, controversy. I think you yeah, could say, yeah. uh, certainly in South America, which is an area that that I've been working on a fair bit. Um, uh, quite a bit of resistance, I think, on the part of, of indigenous communities, local communities, farmers, people involved in tourism. Um, all concerned primarily about the impact of brine extraction on on water and on biodiversity. When you talk about where it's being done, as you mentioned, uh, Chile, Argentina, there's some other places. Who are sort of the, the, the front runners? Who are really the big players in this mining industry right now? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, if, if you're talking about companies, uh, there are a number of Chinese companies that are, are kind of leading the pack, you could say, and, and you could follow the the, the value chain all the way um, all the way down to sort of the the electric vehicle and battery makers. So, the world's largest battery maker by far is a company called CATL, which is is a Chinese company. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and there are a number of of Chinese owned um, extraction companies. One's called Ganfeng. Um, there's another called Tanji uh, that are, are very involved in um, in lithium extraction. Uh, in Africa, in South America, and even parts of, of Australia and North America. Um, there are some other uh, American companies, though. So there, there's one. It's funny because many of these companies are, are not companies that you would have heard of or that would uh, automatically spring to mind when you think about mining or extraction. Many of them are actually um, chemical companies that have moved into into mining and extraction. So uh, a good example would be um, Albe Marley, which is, is, is a large U.S. company. Uh, Livent is another. Um, and then, and then um, outside of the Chinese and Americans, uh, the Australians, too, are, are big mining, um, uh, have some big mining companies, uh, the largest one being one called Alchem. Um, and it's, it's interesting because I think some of the bigger companies like Rio Tinto are starting to get into into this field, but... Uh, thus far, they've been not really uh, very heavily involved. What about Canada? I mean, do, first of all, do we have lithium? Do we have good stores? I mean, is this something that we could possibly get involved in? And are we taking any steps in that direction? Uh, yeah, uh, there's certainly a, um, a fair amount of, of exploratory activity going on in, in uh, Canada. Um, according to to sort of comparative statistics from the uh, the U.S. Geological Survey, Canada does not have a, a large uh, amount of, of um, recoverable lithium, but that being said, uh, uh, there are two um, basically operational mines in Quebec right now, um, uh, and there's another in Manitoba that's been mining sort of the hard rock variety uh, for years now, but it's interesting, lithium has all sorts of uses, and, and this mine goes back decades, and and the main kind of product that uh, that that mine was feeding into was was corningware. So it was used in in sort of heat resistant um, um, ceramic products that you could use in microwaves. And and only recently is it starting to to get into lithium for for lithium ion batteries. Um, uh, in Alberta too, there, there's talk of of using a a fairly new technology. So apart from the 
the rock mining and the brine extraction that I mentioned, there's a third technique known as direct lithium extraction, mm-hmm. where you're, you're um, extracting lithium essentially from the the underground pools or aquifers, um, and there are many of these in and around the, the oil sands area. Um, but so far, that technology hasn't been taken to scale. It's it's still um, largely experimental, but but in development. And and I think to answer your bigger question, Canada is not a big player in, in terms of extracting um, right. lithium. But if you look at the the critical mineral strategies of, of Alberta, of Quebec, of Ontario, and of the federal government, um, lithium is on the list of all of those those uh, strategic plans. Yeah, and, and the potential is there. Um, you mentioned some of the other countries. Where do we? I mean, Canada being Canada, Canada with our, I guess, you, relatively speaking, political stability, human rights records, all the same things we talk about when we talk about oil and gas. Are we at a different? position? Are we seen as being advantageous to some, or is that, are we at a point where it's just, I need lithium, I don't care where it comes from? I mean, do we have an advantage in that way? I mean, that's how it's often promoted. And right. it's interesting. We, we've done some research in Quebec uh, around um, a mine that is about to come on online um, uh, near uh, near um, Val d'Or. Um, and when you speak to industry representatives and government representatives, um, that's often the the um, the line that you hear is that that uh, that mining in Canada adheres to environmental and human rights standards that are higher than than other countries. Right. And in the case of Quebec too, they they make the, because mining is a very energy intensive industry in its own right. Uh, in Quebec, you hear the case that that all of the energy that's going, or most of the energy that's going into extracting lithium in that province is coming from hydro. So it's it's a relatively kind of low emissions um, uh, source of, of energy for, for the sector. Um, another thing uh, that you hear too, and, and this has become much more pronounced um, since the the Biden presidency passed this, this sort of enormous um, Inflation Reduction Act, is that that it makes more strategic and economic sense to be sourcing critical minerals from within the, the kind of the North American free trade agreement area. So so from and there Canada, I think, is positioning itself in a way that would be able to take advantage of the subsidies that are now being provided by the U.S. government for uh, batteries and electric vehicles. Um, thank you so much, Craig. Unfortunately, I'm out of time, but uh, a crash course that was much needed, and I think we all have a better understanding of exactly what this is when we keep hearing about it. So thank you for being here today. My pleasure. Thanks very much. You bet.